How many of you have ever been really excited to start something new? Three of you. Let's try again. How many of you have ever been really excited to start something new? There we go. Waking up a little bit. You know, maybe you were really excited to get married. Maybe you were really excited because you're going to go to college. Maybe you're really excited because you're about to have a baby. Maybe you're really excited because you got a treadmill. And I know that for some of you, that's really excited because you're trying to get healthy. Maybe some of you are really excited because something like a new job is coming your way. You know, when something new happens, it's really easy to get excited. There's a ton of enthusiasm. There's energy. It's like, yes, I can't wait to begin, and it's going to be amazing, and you're all geared up and ready to go. Now, we fast forward the story, and you get to the end of it, and it's like, yes, I made it. It's like I accomplished my goal. I'm going to do my Rocky dance up the stairs, and yes, everything's going to be awesome. But there's this thing that happens between the start and the finish called the middle. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, the middle. In the middle, things start to go a little different than you had planned. Perhaps when you were once very excited to marry that Prince Charming, who now looks a little bit more like Shrek, and all the mannerisms and odors that come with it. Perhaps that, that baby, that bundle of joy that you were so happy to bring home has turned into a bundle of terror and destruction. Perhaps that college degree that you were so excited, yes, I'm gonna go to college, has now turned into seven different majors, a lot of debt, a couple extra years of school, and you still have no idea what you want to do with your life. Perhaps that treadmill that you were so excited to be running on and lose weight and get better looking and all that kind of stuff has now become the most expensive thing ever created to hold your laundry. <laughs> and also your fast food wrappers. The middle can get hard. The middle can get messy. The middle can get boring. The middle can feel like, oh, I just want to quit. Your energy is gone. Doubt starts to set in. The middle can be hard. Today, we're going to talk about living in the middle. We're going to look at a scripture today in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 45. But before I read that, i got to give you the story right before. So Jesus and the disciples, they had met and thousands upon thousands of people had come to meet Jesus and hear him preach the word. And as he's preaching and it's going great, one of the disciples is like, hey, it's starting to get a little bit late in the day, like... These people are starting to get hungry. Any of you ever get angry when you're hungry? And they're like, 
You know, there's no Domino's close by. There's no Pizza Hut. There's no Taco Bell. There's no anything. We can't, you know, call food in. And, and, and Jesus is like, will you give them something to eat? What? Jesus, the budgeter, probably went, uh, we didn't account for this in the books. We don't have enough money to do this. And there's nothing close by. So then they start to search through the crowd. And there was this little boy whose mama was super prepared. Thank you, super prepared mamas who packed him a lunch, and there were some fishes and loaves inside that thing. He takes it, Jesus looks at it and says, okay, and he multiplies what they have. In fact, it happens to be that they fed over 5,000 men alone. Theologians think that the numbers could actually be up to 15,000 to 20,000 people when you account for family. And then they had 12 baskets left over. Amazing miracle happens. The end of the day is coming and Jesus is, says, okay, I'm going to go dismiss the crowd. And he turns to his disciples and say, hey, I want you to get in the boat and go to the other side. That's where we pick up the story today in Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. I want you to notice that Jesus gives them an instruction and a destination. Get in the boat, go to the other side. Now that wouldn't have seemed hard for these disciples to do. Many of them were fishermen, it wasn't a big deal. Okay, get in the boat, row to the other side. But the scripture says that he made them. The Greek word for that actually means that he compelled them, that he constrained them. This means that they had reservations like, ah, I don't know that we want to do this, Jesus. You know, it is getting pretty late and, you know, we have experience and I think there may be something coming our way and, or maybe it just could have been, Jesus, we just want to stay with you. But you see, Jesus is saying, nope, get in the boat, go to the other side. So they get in the boat, and I imagine that these 12 guys, they're in the boat, and probably one of them starts to go, row, row, row. Then they start to get a little rhythm. <laughs> row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a Now. They're excited, okay, we've got a destination, we know how we're supposed to get there, and they go out into the boat and start rowing. And Jesus goes to the mountainside to pray. Verse 47, later that night, the boat was in the middle. Turn to your neighbor and say, the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. They were in the middle of what Jesus had called them to do. I just want to tell you, sometimes when you're in the middle of what God has for you, that's when it gets really messy. That's when things start to, to go a little differently. And, and you know, when at first those disciples were like, row, row, row your boat. And now they're like, row, row, row. In the middle, our enthusiasm is gone. 
we're tired, we're like, doubt is starting to creep in. Should we have even done this thing in the first place? You just want to quit, you want to go home, put on your pajamas and go to bed. Like, you just have this, oh, we're in the middle. The excitement has gone away. Verse 48, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. Verse 48, it says, he saw. Now remember, Jesus is on the shore. The disciples are in the middle of the lake. The lake at its widest point is seven miles wide. So did Jesus physically see them? Maybe. But this word see or saw, what it means is that he perceived, he knew where they were. With his senses, he knew. Sometimes we're going through the middle and we feel like God doesn't see me. God has left me. I'm here to tell you, whatever your situation, that he sees you. In fact, he's never taken his eyes off of you. Whether it's through your marriage or whether it's trying to, to make it through school, whether it's trying to make it through your job, whatever it may be, he's never taken his eyes off of you. The scriptures say that he saw the disciples straining when I looked up this word, I was like, whoa, there's some implication behind that word straining. In Greek, it means tormented. They were tortured. They were toiling. They were in pain, and they were being tested. That's what it means to strain. Maybe you feel like you're straining in life right now. You're in the middle of a situation. I know some of you are probably asking the question, well, why does God let me strain? About six weeks ago, I was in my truck. I was driving to church, and I was having a conversation with God. And when I say conversation, that typically means I was complaining to God. Does anybody relate to that? And I was complaining to God and just saying, God, there's so many things I feel like I'm in the middle of right now. Like, why do I have to go through all of these things? There's just so many things in the air and personal life and all this type of stuff. And, and God, why do I have to go through all of this stuff? And the Holy Spirit said this. You need to learn to live in the middle. You need to learn to live in the middle. Because some of us, what we do is we put everything on hold on life. And we get stuck in the middle when we need to learn to live in the middle. The Holy Spirit just began to, to drop things into my, into my mind and he began to say this, he, be, he said, the middle is where you find out what you're made of. Now, when you hear that, it's like, yeah. But when you're in it, you're like, oh. I guess I'm not really made of much. What are you made of? When you're in the middle is where you find out if you really trust God or not. 
Because it's fine and dandy when everything is going great and you started off something and woohoo, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And then when it's like, row, row, I don't want this anymore. Let's turn around. Do you trust God? When you're in the middle, you find out if you're really committed or not. If God gave you a promise, a destination, and an instruction on how to do it, which, by the way, he has given us all kinds of promises in this, all kinds of instructions in this. We've just got to utilize it. We've just got to turn to it. We've just got to put this in our heart and in our minds. Because when you're in the middle this is what you need. It's the instructions on how to help that marriage. It's the instructions on how to work through that relationship issue. It's the instructions on how to handle your finances. It's the instructions on how to get wisdom for whatever future God has for you. It's the instructions. You see, a lot of times when we get in the middle, we want to quit. Doubt creeps in, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. And, and a lot of us, what we do is we chase things. We love to start, but we never finish. You see, in the middle is where we need to do a lot more of this. God, help me. Show me the way out. God, lead me in my marriage. It's a mess. God, lead me in my finances. God, help me just make it through school. Point me in a direction, God. Help me raise my toddler. <laughs> we need to turn to the word. Put that in our heart and find out what our commitment level really is. Back to the story. Remember I told you the lake at, at its widest point was seven miles the disciples had been rowing for hours and hours. And remember, I told you they started off and they were excited and row, row, row your boat. And now they're like, if you sing that song again, I'm going <laughs> to. They're rowing. And it says that Jesus was walking on the water. And he was actually about to pass them by. They almost missed Jesus. Maybe you've been in the middle and you've missed the point. When I first started as a youth pastor, I think I was around 21, 22 years old. And I remember I started and the church had gotten into a financially difficult time and we no longer could afford a maintenance person. And so myself and the lead pastor and the church board, we became the maintenance staff. We did the lawns, we did everything. We, you know, vacuumed the carpets, did everything. And I remember the day that I'm in the men's restroom. And my job is to clean the men's restroom. Men, we are disgusting. I'm sitting there scrubbing a urinal that's probably 60 years old. And I remember having a conversation. Remember, that means complaint session. And I was talking to the Lord 
and saying, God, I don't understand. Like, I went to college. I, 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 I got my master's degree to become a preacher, and I'm scrubbing a toilet. I didn't see this in my future. And again, the Holy Spirit just whispered to me and says, if you will be faithful in the little, I will give you more. You see, I was so consumed about my situation and about getting out of the middle that I didn't realize that God was really trying to change me. God was trying to strip me of pride. God was trying to strip me of thinking I'm better than I am. Or God was trying to strip me of thinking I'm better than doing that task. God was trying to strip me of being jealous of what other people had. God was trying to strip me down and my impatience so I could hear him. Another way we can miss the point in the middle is that we try to force something to happen. Any control freaks in the room, raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, your spouse is probably elbowing you. There are moments in life when we want to take over and know I'm going to make it happen. There's a story in the Bible about this guy named Abraham. God promised him a son. Abraham was 75 years old. His wife was old. He didn't know that it was going to take 25 years for this promise to happen. So in the middle... Abraham's looking at Sarah. Sarah's looking at Abraham. He'd be like, you're getting old. Well, you're getting older. Well, maybe we need to help God. So then they involve a mistress. Then they have an Ishmael. But you see, God didn't have an Ishmael in the plan. God had an Isaac in the plan. And it was because they tried to take over and force something to happen that an Ishmael was created. Now, just so you know, in God's grace, God still blessed Ishmael. Some of us, we've got to stop trying to force everything to happen. When you get in the middle, you just want to take over. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make it happen no matter what. And God is just trying to say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I've got it. Do you trust me? You see, because in the middle, God is trying to teach us patience. He's trying to teach us trust. He's trying to teach us how to have faith. Back to the story. Verse 49. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out. Because they all saw him and were terrified. Now, God had gave them an instruction, a destination on where to go. They are in obedience to the Lord. They have gone out into this, this lake. I wonder what these 12 guys in this boat are saying. You get 12 men in a confined space for hours and hours. 
I'm sure again, you know, when they started, they were like, row, row, row your boat. And then it's like, row, row. Then somebody's like, wait a second. We're not moving anywhere. And they're like, well, it's because he's not doing his part. He needs to row harder. And the other guy's like, oh, let's just turn around. Let's quit. Let's stop. Let's, and, and all this bickering and stuff's trying to start happening. And then one guy in the distance, he sees this object sort of moving. And he's like, I see something. And they're like, you're crazy. And they're still rowing. And then in the distance, this thing starts to get closer. And they see this kind of human figure in place. And now the disciples are scared. Like, they believe a ghost is coming towards them. They're terrified. In fact, the Greek phrase means that they cry from the depth of their throat. Twelve grown men going, ah! I find it ironic. The very thing that they're afraid of is the thing that is there to assist them. The very thing that they're afraid of is the very thing that's there to assist them. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Even when disaster seems imminent in your life, even when you're in the middle of the darkest season, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. He is there with you. His instructions were this, take courage. In the Greek, that means be of good cheer. Be comforted. Now, I know when you're in the middle, you don't want to hear that. Because you're trying to force things to happen. You're wanting to quit. You're feeling like, oh, this is never going to end. I'm never going to get to the other side and all this stuff. And Jesus is just trying to say, be of good cheer. Be comforted. And he says, it is I. Which means, I am God and I am with you. Did you know that God's got your back? God is with you. And it says, don't be afraid. Let your faith rise. The only way to overcome fear is through faith. And trusting and believing that God's going to see you through. I want you to catch this. It's in the middle that the disciples get a revelation of God that they would never ever have received if they would have stayed on the shore. It's in the middle that they got to experience God in a way that they never knew before. Even though they wanted to quit, even though they felt like they're not gonna get there, even though they felt like they weren't moving anymore. It's in the middle that these disciples got to see Jesus walk on water. I don't know how it's going to work in heaven. There's going to be a, a room of all like these amazing like replays. And I'll be like, I want to see that one. 
Because Jesus defies scientific laws and he is walking on the water towards them. That's incredible. It's incredible. You see, because when you're in the middle, you're in a better position to see the hand of God work. When you're in the middle, you're in a better position to see the hand of God work because you are zoned in, you are tuned in, and you are in position for God to do a miracle because miracles are made in the middle. Jesus gets into the boat and the storm goes away. That verse also says that they didn't understand about the loaves. You see, they saw God do something impossible. But they still did not yet understand that Jesus was with them in the middle and that Jesus can always do the impossible. Because they saw the wind, the waves. They were in the straining oars, doing all of these things. They were in the moment. But God does the impossible. You just have to keep your eyes open. You just have to see him. Because he's never taken his eyes off of you. Verse 53. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. On the other side of this middle, they landed, and the story goes on that Jesus went into the land and he did all kinds of amazing, incredible miracles. In fact, he did so many healings that people were just trying to touch his clothes, and as they would just touch the clothes of Jesus, they would be healed. You see, because we serve the God of the impossible. What you may feel is a mess in the middle is the meeting place for God to do a miracle. What you may feel is the mess in the middle is the meeting place for God to do a miracle. You know, there's a lot of areas in my life where I kind of feel like I'm in the middle. My family is about to move, to move out here. And I'm going to tell you that everything has almost fallen apart like 10 times. My God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? This is all going wrong. And then God just said, just let me do it. Stop trying to force it. Just let me do it. I'm going to handle it all. And sure enough, little things start to happen left and right. Doors start opening. The wrong doors start closing. And God's opening the way. I'd like to lead you in two prayers today. The first are for those in this room that have never asked Jesus into your life. You see, because we live in the middle, we're between heaven and hell. There is an eternal battle going on for our soul. And God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to stand in the middle of it and create the bridge for us. 
to forgive us of our sins and to make the way to him. So this first prayer, I'm going to ask that everybody would close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you have never asked Christ into your heart. And today you realize that I need Jesus in the middle. I want to invite him in to come into my life. If that's you, I ask that you would simply just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Church, I'm going to ask that you would all just pray with me. Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me. Help me. Lead me. Guide me. And I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe there's others of you today that as I've been speaking today, the situation that you're in, that middle season that you're in has just been at the forefront of your mind. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If that's you today and you like, I need help, I'm in the middle, I ask that you would just raise your hand. Yeah, hands all over this place. Hands all over this place. God, you see your children, you see them right now, right where they are. God, you never took your eyes off of them. God, I pray that you would speak hope, that you'd speak life into their situations. God, may we turn to you in the middle. Lord, we trust you, we thank you, and God, we know that miracles are made in the middle. The worship team is going to start singing a song, and I would encourage you during this time, cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord and ask him to help you, and I believe that he's going to show you that he is with you in the middle. Would you join us as we sing?
would sing, I'm not enough. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Oh, cause all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Come on, one more time, let me hear you sing, I'm not enough. This week, as I've been praying for you, God has just shown me little glimpses of the situations and things that you're facing. That you feel like you're straining. But God wants you to know, to take courage. It is I, and do not be afraid. You are closer to the other side than you think. Just hold on. Just hold on. Hold on to his instructions and stay the course because he's with you. Lord, we thank you for meeting us today. God, I pray over the situations that are represented here today. Lord, we ask for breakthrough. And God, as we walk out of this place today, God, may we walk out with our heads held high because we know that you see us, that you have not forsaken us, and that you are right there with us in the middle. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Hey, if you were one of those earlier who raised your hand to accept Christ into your life, we're so excited for you. We're so thrilled that you have joined the family. We have a gift for you today before you leave. It's called The Next Seven Days. This is designed to help you to start your journey. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. At the end of service, our prayer friends are going to be up here. They would love to just meet with you, talk with you. You can just say, hey, can I, get, can I get one of those gifts? And they'd be happy to hand that to you. If you're in a big rush right outside, there's going to be a te television screen that says next seven days. You can grab it on your way out. But we're thrilled that you have made a decision to follow Christ. Can we give a hand for all those who've given their hearts to the Lord today? Let's welcome up Pastor Gary. Just before we change the order of things, we've got a couple more things planned. But before we change the order of things, during this message today, some of you were in the middle. God spoke some things into your heart. I want to encourage you. Take those things into your heart. Hold on to them. Follow God's instructions and let him take you to the other side. Amen. Hey, give Pastor Nick a big hand for that message today. you may be seated this morning god bless you this is the time of service where we give back to god we worship god with our giving 
They'll put some things on the screen. There are several different ways that you can give. Notice those different methods on the screen. Pick the one that's best for you. I want to share one thought just before we give. This is Memorial Day weekend, and in Acts chapter 10, there's a verse where it talks about this guy, his name was Cornelius, and Peter went to the house of Cornelius in this chapter to take the gospel there. But this guy Cornelius was Italian. Do we have any Italians in the house this morning? Oh, you're not real Italians, because real Italians make noise. Are there any Italians in the house this morning? Okay, well, maybe maybe half-bloods, half maybe. In, anyway, the point is this. God shows up to Cornelius when he's praying one day, and the Lord, this angel says to Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and seen your giving. Now listen to this. He's heard your prayers, he's seen your giving, and the giving and the prayers have risen up before God for a memorial, which simply means in the original writings, a reminder or a record. Did you know God keeps track of our prayers and our giving? He says, your prayers and your giving have risen to God as a memorial, and I'm going to move among your people. This morning, I want to encourage you as you give. You know, we give to worship God. God knows when we give. We give to thank God for what he's going to do in our futures. God keeps track of all that. And I want to encourage you as you give today, give with grateful hearts, give with faith and expectation because God knows the sacrifice of your giving. He knows the faith behind your giving and he's going to honor your trust in him. So let's give, as we give this morning, let's watch church news together. Good morning and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Adrian, and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you feel right at home this morning and that you and your family have a wonderful time with us. There's always a lot happening at The Bridge and we would love for you to be involved. So here's a look at a few things coming up in the days ahead. We hope you'll find your place and be a part of what God is doing here at The Bridge. All aboard! Kids Day Camp is searching for kids kindergarten through fifth grade to join us for an awesome summer adventure. Come discover that God is just, He is good, and He is our guide. This adventure is filled with water slides, interactive inflatables, Bible devotions, games, crafts, music, and more. The early bird rate of $60 and Sunday, May 26th. Don't let your kids miss out. Sign up today at thebridgechurch.tv. Connecting Point is happening next Sunday morning during the 1130 service. If you have never been to Connecting Point, this is the place that you come if you are new or newer to the church and you want to find out more about the history, vision, and heartbeat of the bridge. It's also where you come if you want to make the bridge your home church or find out how you can serve somewhere in the church. We would love for you to join us. Just register before you go today at the Info Center or on our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also register through the Bridge app. Bridge Kids will be happening during that service, so we invite you to come, check your kids in, and simply join us at Connecting Point. We hope to see you there to help you get plugged in here at The Bridge.
we want to personally invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in church life. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For more general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also stay plugged in by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. We love spending Sundays with you. This is Memorial Day weekend, and just before we go, there are a couple things I want to share. First of all, tomorrow is Memorial Day, and I know most of you are off work and you've got plans with family and friends and so forth. I want to encourage you to take the time to stop and realize what that day is about. Memorial Day was set aside so that we could remember those who paid the ultimate price with their own lives, that we would have the freedoms that we have today. And you know, I, I have real concerns that with our children and some of our teenagers, maybe we're not doing a great job of really letting them know what a great nation we live in and what great liberties we have. Be sure and teach your children the importance of tomorrow because people laid down their lives for us to have this opportunity to live the way that we live. So on Memorial Day, let's remember those who paid that great price for our freedoms, okay? And then just before you go also, uh, this is the last day to get the early bird rate for Kids Summer Day Camp. You can go online, uh, check out the Bridge Church web website. Be sure and take care of that today. You can do it through the church app as well. Be sure and give today. Get your kids set up for that. It's going to be a great, great event. And then finally, I want you to have a great, great day today and Memorial Day tomorrow. For those of you who've got picnic plans after service, I'll be out in the lobby selling umbrellas. Look forward to seeing you out there. No, just kidding. Not really going to do that. I'm just a joke. Hey, thanks for being in church today. We love you and appreciate you so much. Have a great Memorial Day. God bless you.